Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome back to That's the Tea, the podcast that gives you football news in the most digestible way possible. My name is RJ, and I'm here with my co-host, Ryan, and it's an exciting week. It is. Kind of, it's kind of, it's really interesting because we're coming up to the NFL draft, and that's what we're going to talk about today. And it's so interesting because sometimes I feel like the hype coming up to the NFL draft is just as exciting as the NFL draft. I think it's more exciting than, than the NFL draft. I feel like this year the offseason went by super quick, but then at the same time, I feel like I kind of lagged on draft stuff. Maybe you too, because my team doesn't pick in the first round. My team doesn't pick in the first round either. A lot of teams actually don't pick in the first round. I think like 10 or like 11 teams get multiple picks in the first round, which is it's pretty crazy. It's been pretty, pretty crazy. But today we are trying to, I guess, kind of like what we did over the past couple of weeks, get you up to speed on everything that you need to know about the NFL draft. So that being said, Ryan, I guess the best place to start is what is the NFL draft? And I could kind of lead us into this. Yeah, yeah, go for it. It's honestly super quick, super easy. It's a special three days. It's held yes. at a special venue every single year. This year it's going to be in Las Vegas. I think it used to be in like only one place, right? Was it? Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm like Or something sure. like that. Or either the combine was only in one place. Yeah. And then like they like just recently started like changing it up to location to location. Yeah. Which has been pretty interesting, but... Altogether, the NFL draft is where teams select from a pool of players that finished their college career and are now eligible to enter the NFL. So it's three days. You're an NFL fan. You're like, damn, I'm going to have to commit to sitting on the couch for three days. No, 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 (laughs) no, no. no, no. no. (laughs) You are okay because just like you and me, like me and Ryan, people only really care about the first day because it's the first round of the NFL draft and there are 200 something players selected but no typical human has the capacity to actually remember and learn 200 people unless your name is mel kuyper yes people don't even know the 32 prospects i feel that would go in the first round as an average nfl fan you know maybe the top 15 i would say in the second half of the nfl draft after a player gets selected you just kind of search their name up on google you do the google search you look at nfl draft combine and you see yeah. a player comparison exactly and then that's how you literally make a mental note of who they are. But then at the same time, I also feel like no one sits through the, it's like a three hour draft on the first day. So I think, I don't know if you mentioned it, but the first day is only the first round. And it's like a three hour long event. So in between each pick, you have like, I don't know the exact number, but it feels like it's 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So then you're not sitting there watching random analysis and commercials in those 10 minutes. It's like a thing you leave on the background. And then when you hear like the bell ring, when like the pick is about to come up, that's when you tune back in. That's when you start running back to your couch. Exactly. And like what we said, 200 players, naturally you're just going to focus on the best players who get selected in round one, which are the 32 best prospects coming out in the NFL draft. So we kind of get the context of what the NFL draft is, but Ryan, why is it important though? Like why do teams care? Teams? I, how about I speak from, the, from a fan perspective on why they Ooh, should care? I like that. And I think it's probably because of like hope. Like if your team was like doo-doo last year and you know, your off season in free agency and what didn't go too well, or it did go well, the draft gives you another chance to boost your roster. Mm -hmm. And so I don't want to say a lot of first rounders don't stick around in the NFL because it's, it's a tough sport, but then you would like to hope that your team 
picks a first rounder that is impactful, that is a superstar, and that will do good for your team. So it's all a, a game of hope. I think that's what sucks people in. Exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like a game of hope, almost like a lottery ticket. And the reason why the NFL really likes the NFL draft is because, you know, rookies by kind of like the rules of the NFL, they have cheaper contracts. And the catch for this is because rookies are not proven yet. Like players, like free agency, like free agents that we talked about a couple episodes ago. So they're yeah. not proven yet. And they may not be able to transition to the NFL level, which is why their contracts are not as lucrative as a regular free agent. Exactly. So we got the picks. We got what the NFL draft is. Probably wondering how is the draft ordered? And there's no nice way to say this, but the bad team drafts first. The good yes. team drafts last. It's not a lottery system like the NBA. Exactly. It is not. It's by, I think, what is that? Um, LIFO? Last in, first out? Yeah, yeah. The last team in, first team to draft. So the worst team this year was the Jacksonville Jaguars with the worst record, so they will mm-hmm. draft first. And the team that wins the Super Bowl, we'll draft LA last. Rams, will, pick, will draft last. So it's not... Once you're in the playoffs, though, technically the, the draft order of your record doesn't really matter. It's just how you because seed you, or place in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. Because if you do make it to the playoffs, you're picking in the back end of round one. Mm-hmm. And when you're picking the back end of round one, like I think if you don't know, you're thinking, oh, it's the first round. Every pick matters, right? But a lot of teams, when you pick at the back end of round one, they're kind of like, oh, these prospects aren't like really like they're not sure about these guys. They're not like, oh, these are impact players. Will they be impact players? They're like kind of, they get iffier as the draft goes on because there's only so much top tier talent. So a lot of people even trade out of the, the back end around one. Exactly. So that's, that's where I was going to lead into right now. So let's say you, you took a look at the draft order and then people were going to yell at us because you're like, well, that's a T said that the Rams were going to pick last in the first round, but we see the Lions. Yes. So why do certain teams like the Lions get to pick twice? as opposed to Rams who are not picking at all in the first round. Because these draft picks are like expendable in a way where it's just like trading cards. <laughs> like <laughs> You can trade away your pick for something else that you see of value, like a player from another team. Mm-hmm. So like, if I like a player, let, let's say RJ owned a team and I owned a team. Right. And then if I like RJ's quarterback and I'm like, Hey, what's your selling price? I, okay. Yeah. These are players, but. I guess this is how it works. It's kind of like, what's your selling price for your quarterback? You know, do you want one first round pick? Is that enough? And if that's enough, I'll give you my first round pick in exchange for your quarterback. So now you get to pick when it's my turn to pick. Exactly. Yeah. And in terms of like value of picks, just super easy. Earlier draft picks in the draft, the lower the number, the more valuable they are. So a pick yes. one is more important than a pick 32 or pick 64. So, mm-hmm. And I think it's very subjective objective when you trade draft picks for players but when you're trading draft picks for draft picks because like sometimes you know let's say i don't want to pick in the first round but i want to pick i don't know twice in the second round so you might do something to, to get there so if you're trading draft pick for draft picks i feel like there's a mathematical system to it where you can like is it isn't each like pick they have a value to exactly. it yeah it's all a weighted value Mm-hmm. I'm not smart enough to know what the two point, what the round two pick four is compared to the round one pick 32. I mm-hmm. wish I did. If I did, we'd True. both be yeah. NFL GMs. Yes, yes. <laughs> but just because there's a value, it doesn't mean that teams stick to it, though, because sometimes people get desperate. All of this is like negotiation. Mm-hmm. If you're a good negotiator, you might get some sucker to give you a king's ransom for nothing. 
Exactly, which has happened before. My favorite example is the 49ers and uh, the Bears when they traded for <clears throat> yeah. Mitchell Trubisky because they were scared that someone else wanted Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Trubisky. <laughs> but um, so we got everything sorted out. But we mentioned that it's a lottery almost. Like, hey, how did like, you know, people are kind of taking a risk. These teams are taking a risk on these players, but they aren't really just choosing randomly, right? There's a process to how these teams know who to draft. Yes. And that process is the NFL Combine. Do you want to talk about yeah. the NFL Combine? Yeah. I think I think I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but we never touched on what it was. Uh, it's basically, I mean, it's like an interview process for, for, for a job or like a regular job, like in an interview, in a normal job, I think you're looking at, you know, I ask you personality questions. We get person or the prospects gets personality questions at the combine. And then I think in a job interview, it kind of ends with questions at a combine because this is a physical sport. There's an extra part on it where you work out for these teams. So it's basically testing your physical attributes and how good you are. So how fast do you run? How high can you jump? Stuff like that. So because if you if you really want to compare it, I guess like try to match it apples to apples. The the behavioral questions are behavioral questions um, for a regular job and an NFL position. But then the technical questions you would get in a regular interview is basically your workout portion, because that's the part that's translatable to your career. Exactly. And there's like one key difference, and that is like the best people. In the NFL draft, go first, but sometimes that means that they're not really set up for success. And so, like, again, comparing like apples to apples, sometimes the best worker doesn't get into Apple or Google. Yes, yeah, they end up they end up in the not so good company because the not so good company needs that talent, right? Yes, to get better, and that's what the NFL does. So the really bad teams who pick first pick the really good prospects, exactly level out and to even out the NFL league. And with that being said, we've pretty much talked about everything that you need to know about the NFL draft in terms of the combine, picks, what the NFL draft is. I feel like there's no better place to kind of pivot and to, I guess, change the script on than talking about some of the prospects, some of the, the rookies that are about to be drafted this year. And so we have a couple of draft picks that we wanted to talk about, highlighting maybe like the top five prospects coming out of this draft. Okay. And I feel like the best place to start is arguably the most important position on the NFL field. And that is quarterback. There are three key quarterbacks that could come out of the first round. It's Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter, Ryan. Did you want to go first on this one or do you want me to talk about the quarterbacks first? I get to pick which one I would pick, right? And then you you, you talk yes. about the rest. I think, I think if you had a guess, who do you think I would pick? I feel like you are a, ooh, my heart's telling me that you're Kenny Pickett. But I think my brain's telling me you're Desmond Ritter. I'm actually a key. You, you should go with your heart because I wow. think I play it safe. Like, and you know, I like a more balanced offense. And I was, I, I don't, I mean, I don't need a QB to be too mobile, just mobile enough. And as long as you're not a statue like Big Ben, you know, like you can move around a little bit. So for me, I'd go with Kenny Pickett. I like, I believe you just need a stable QB to win the Super Bowl. I mean, it's sure it'd be nice to have like a QB that's like a game changer, but I feel like that's too much of a risk in the first round. I mean, we've seen developmental prospects like Patrick Mahomes go in the first mm-hmm. round, like pick number 10 or 11 or something like that. Mm-hmm. But then we also seen a lot of, of project QBs that don't pan out and who are not like no longer in the league. They're probably working a job like me and you right now. Exactly. <laughs> so then that's why it's too much of a risk, right? You know, so for me, I would go with 
a higher floor guy like Kenny Pickett, I feel like he has a good, he has good accuracy. He can throw the ball deep. It's just, you know, he probably is almost near his ceiling already. There's not much for growth anymore. Exactly. And I guess just to kind of sum up the quarterbacks this year, the quarterback rookies, I feel like this year they're not as impressive as previous years, but because the quarterback position is just in such a high demand every single year, there will be a couple of quarterbacks that get drafted in the first round. In terms of the other two, I think you talked about Kenny Pickett really well, which is why I'm not going to focus on him too much. But Malik Willis is the opposite of Kenny Pickett in, in some ways. Yes. Lowest floor, highest ceiling. So he could, in other words, he can either be an elite player for the next 10 years or be a wasted draft pick. And a lot boomer of his bust. boomer bust, exactly. And the biggest knock is like what you said, he needs time to develop. He's a developmental project. And there are instances where there are players that should have been developmental like projects. Josh Rosen gets mm-hmm. thrown to the fire, not once, but twice. And they don't end up doing really well. And that's the concern with Malik Willis. But I think the other thing to note is that let's say you're not thrown into the fire right away. Like, cause sometimes the plan is to develop you, but mm-hmm. you know, circumstances changes, there's an injury or something and you get thrown into the fire, but let's say you do get to have time to develop. It really hones, I think not, or like, yeah, it kind of like falls I mean, also on the responsibility of the player, but also a huge part of it that I think gets overlooked is who is coaching that player. Because when you develop someone, you're basically what building them up from the ground, right? You're teaching them stuff. So exactly. if you're if you have a bad teacher, it doesn't matter how good this guy can learn, he's not learning the right things. Exactly. Very good point. Very, very good point. I think a really good example right now is Trevor Lawrence and what happened last year, right? Yeah. So with that's Urban Meyer. With Urban Meyer, exactly. It's so- good- bad situation he i don't want to say it's a wasted year because he got nfl experience but i don't know if that was the best year he could have had you know exactly and the last quarterback to talk about is desmond ritter and he's just he's an interesting quarterback because one game like his last game that he played in college pretty much ruined like how he was kind of perceived as a prospect but apparently most teams have ritter as a first round talent even though he had his terrible final game for the season I think it's because he tested really well in the NFL combine. So that's that thing where if you test really well or do really well in the NFL combine, your value can go up to the first round. It's almost like a college app. You know, if you don't have this, you got to have some of that. You got to balance it out somehow. Exactly. So that's pretty much my top three. I mean, Desmond Ritter is my QB four. Technically, I like another quarterback, but we'll talk about him later on in another episode, maybe. So we talked about the most important position which are the quarterbacks, but who protects the quarterbacks, right? The offensive tackles, the big guys up front. The big guys up front. And there are two really key ones that I feel like we should talk about. It's Evan Neal and Ika McQuanu. I like Ika McQuanu. <laughs> I like Ika McQuanu. Uh, is it okay if I start with this one then? You, you start, you start. Evan Neal is the polished offensive tackle. He's the whole package, big boy, great talent, and has no off-the-field issues. He played really good in his college con- and he played a really good college conference, which means that he has like almost pro ready experience. So he's the most polished one. On the other side, Ikamakwanu is the man that just takes up space. He's gigantic, but he's still a work in progress because he's a little too strong. He doesn't know how to control himself, but that can be coached by a really good coach. Yes. So he has more potential, which is why I think Ikamakwanu is a better prospect than Evan Neal. You know, you say Ikamakwanu. Ikem Ukon, sorry, the Ikem gonna, Yes, that guy. I 
I'm only not saying his name because I don't want to butcher it out of respect, you know? So then you say that guy's a space eater, but that doesn't mean Evan Neal is not a mountain of a man, though. I think mm-hmm. Evan Neal stands six seven over three fifty. <laughs> yes. Then yes. you know when we say the Akim is a <laughs> is a space eater, I think we all that it kind of like does Evan Neal dirty, you know? Oh, I see. I because see when you see a size by size comparison, Evan Neal's humongous. Very true. Very true in itself. Evan Neal is still a big, big, big boy. He's a big man. Playing with boys. But I think my argument I would just have for you, a a quick one, would be Mm -hmm. for an offensive tackle that you're drafting this high, potentially top 10, wouldn't Mm -hmm. you want a guy that you can plug and play? He doesn't need to be elite, but then it's just kind of plug him in and he can just protect your quarterback. Very, very true. I think in some aspects, it's just like, I think this is like the risk that comes, it's kind of involved is that if, if Evan Neal can't translate to the NFL level. Then it's like done deal. It's a done deal because he's the most pro ready. And if he wasn't pro ready, then you're kind of done. Like you can't coach him up exactly, anymore than he already. Exactly. <laughs> well, I see what Kwanu, you mean. Like, like, you know, he makes mistakes. You can still coach him up because it's, it's it's expected. He's still, he's still, he's still a work in progress. He's still a work in progress. Exactly. Okay. So we talked about the quarterbacks. We talked about the offensive tackles, but the quarterbacks have to throw to someone. And so we're going to end off this episode talking about wide receivers and we will be talking about the best wide receiver or who we think is the best wide receiver. And Ryan, did you want to go first? Or do you want me to go first? You can go first. Ooh, I think okay. I know who you're going to say. So on paper, I think the best wide receiver was Jamison Williams. Unfortunately, though, yes. injured, he will fall off draft boards significantly. With that being said, I personally think the best wide receiver in this draft will be Drake London. Oh, what a surprise. Okay, okay. <laughs> I did not expect that from you. Garrett Wilson was a close second for me. They're like 1A, 1B. My counter in anticipation of your player was Garrett Wilson. Ah, I see, I see. But I picked Drake London. He's That man is big. He's very, very big. He's an immediate mismatch on the field during every single play just because of his size. And even though he's a big boy, he can still move. Um, He actually just won't outrun defenders in open space so he's literally so, like mike evans mike evans or michael pittman see and that's when you both came from line. usc right drake london's um, also usc right drake london's usc yeah, yeah. that concerns me because i've been reading reports that michael pittman isn't as good as we think he is ah i see okay and that concerns me. i have not read those reports so can't comment there must be nice <laughs> must be nice. i'm scared for my life i used to think michael pittman was really good but i digress right who do you think is the best quarter or um i think you already know man i have been a fan of this guy since day negative 200 at ohio state's pro day in 2021 when justin fields was throwing the ball chris olave man Ooh. i think he's not the biggest guy but i think he really passes the eye test for me and i think that's why i keep going back to him no matter what the stats say Mm, okay. Because obviously Garrett Wilson had a better year than him. Mm-hmm. But then I look, I, I just watch like a quick, like highlight reel. And I think he's just very fluid and smooth with his route running and the way oh, he catches okay. the ball. He has deep ball speed and it just looks like he understands the game. I mean, I, I'm also reading that he knows how to find soft spots in the defense. And then when he plays, it just looks natural for him. I see. And you know what? I feel like that comparison kind of makes me feel about like Justin Jefferson. 
Like he wasn't the most polished, but he knew how to get open by himself. And that's what made Justin Jefferson so successful. Exactly. It's like a smart football brain. He's like, he knows how to find the soft spots, making him a big, big brain, you know? Big brain. Yeah, exactly. So those were, okay, we have different opinions, excuse me, for our wide receivers. But what were you going to say? I was going to say low-key Chris Olave could play in the slot. Worst case scenario, you move him to the slot. I think this guy can expose the defense. And he's he'd be useful in the slot, right? Like he, it's just a little bit of a waste if you're taking a first round pick, throwing him in the slot. But I mean, I think he would be deadly in the slot. He very much would be. So a little differences in wide receiver, but would we have a difference in the first overall pick? We'll do this very quickly. I mean, just to preface this, it's been a revolving door. Aiden Hutchinson was supposed to be the first round overall pick. Evan Neal back to Aiden Hutchinson, and now apparently Trayvon Walker has entered the picture. Someone who I didn't even really know about. Ryan's shaking his head now. I didn't really know about him either. I don't know much about him. That's why I think this is all smoke. But usually when there's smoke, there's a fire somewhere. So you got to read into it. You got to read into it. Ryan, my first overall pick is Aiden Hutchinson. I think he is the best, cleanest defensive player. He's not super crazy. Like I feel like other past defensive ends are coming out of previous drafts, but he's the best one in this draft. Yeah, no disagreement there. He went to Michigan, got coached by Jim Harbaugh. Hmm. <laughs> you don't like Jim Harbaugh because what he did like to your him. organization, but he is a good coach, I would say. He's Low okay. key, wherever he goes, it's a winning record. Yeah, it, it's, it's, I will admit, he, he, get, he knows how to get. coach. He just has some problems. potential problems with his personality. That's about it. Exactly. And well, that's all that I have to talk about, Ryan. Is there anything that you want to talk about? That is it. So to everyone that has made it this far, thank you for listening. And hopefully you learned one or more thing, one more thing or two about the NFL. Share the podcast with your friends and follow us on Twitter at That's the T2020. We'll catch you guys again next week or actually this week because we're releasing two episodes this week. Uh, the next episode, we'll be doing a fun little mock draft. And that's the T. And that's the T. Take care, y'all.